Welcome in to another edition of the Tapping the Keg podcast, episode 473. Charlie here with you. Mitch on the other side of the Zoom. Producer Lully enjoying a little bone marrow bones, so not with us. Uh, was planning, but then you know, obviously when the treats are calling, you got to you got to go for those. Yeah, you gotta you gotta you gotta do it when you can. You gotta take the victories when they come. Right, exactly. Um, and great show today. Excited to talk about Brewer belief. We're gonna talk Brewer attendance. We're also going to talk about the Aaron Rodgers respect era. Maybe a quick uh, betting advice on whether you take the over under on the Wisconsin Badgers um, if we have time. I also have a great topic that we're not going to do today, but I, I got to tell you about it. I will tell you post show. I'm like, it's just it can't be like an end of the end of the podcast topic. So I want to I want to explore it with you later on. So I'll tell you that post show. Less little tease for everybody, not not including Mitch. But after ten hours in the car with me, Mitch, um, we're back. Um, we we had we didn't get sick of each other. Um, it was a successful trip, up for two out of three of the Tabby and Keg wedding. You're big time hot seat for you now to get married next year. So then we go three for three. Um, and oh, yeah, okay. so uh, so yeah, how you doing? Well, I'm I'm ready for battle like Giannis and Jokic. <laughs> I'm 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 ready to go. Bitch but- is like. Which is like tap me back in there. He's like, I'll go, I'll go again this weekend. I'm, I'm ready. Like and the funds are, the funds aren't low. I'm, I'm ready to, uh, ready to scrap back in, huh? Yeah, and if you think I'm getting married, uh, I guess, <laughs> I guess you got another thing coming. You I mean, never know, man. Have you seen those it, Hallmark it, movies? You know, you, you just, you meet a nice young girl, and all of a sudden it just moves quick, and before you know it, you're getting married next summer. In the words of the, our great friend Michael Fant. If I gave a shit, I'd do something about it. <laughs> so, still on the market, though, ladies, for the for maybe the two that listen, um, which yeah. is available. Um, sneak, so. sneak, sneak in, sneak in the fact that I'm single, like like our good friend Bruce. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What a speech that was. So nervous. Um, I talked about it, I think on Monday, and he brought it home, man. Uh, it was great, and then yeah, the little drop that he was single at the end was just perfect because you knew yeah, it was. You knew nothing left. You knew that he had just boiled that full pot of panty soup, and that was that was the finisher. <laughs> that was the little little kick, little spice, little little hot sauce at the end there. Um, but yeah, great times had by all. Um, probably a good thing we didn't podcast in the car, um, mostly because on the ride home it was nothing. I was a zombie. I was just trying to get us home at that point. Um, you know, road rage sometimes apparent. Um, so not safe for work. But yeah, it was uh, it was a lot of fun. I'm excited to uh, talk to you today about uh, sports, and we listened to the Brewers lose to the Cubs heading up to Stout Island, and then the Brewers lose again on Saturday, and that was when a few of you, a few of our friends, including yourself, kind of said, "All right, I'm done. Like I consoled, I gave up, yeah. and uh, I'm, I'm I'm just done with the team." For those who are unfamiliar with consoling, um, you're like, "Why aren't you saying cancel?" Uh, KFC Barstool created the term console day season. It was from a text message from a friend of his. Um, I think he was drunk. And so he just spelled all these words wrong. And so then it just became a console. And really the only rule about a console is once you say it, you can't really go back in and be like leaving in this team. You can, you can sort of say like, Hey, I hope they do well, but I, at the end, you still think they're going to fall short. And so I am, 
I'm saving my console. Um, my console is there. I will say that last two nights were a bit discouraging, but um, so yeah, there are there are reasons to believe in this team, and there are reasons to not. And since you, I've talked a lot. I will start pessimistic. I'll give you the floor, um, and just kind of tell the people why you decided to uh, cash your chips in and say, you know what, I'm on football. <laughs> well, I mean, it's uh, yeah. I mean, I just decided to let go of the rope on Saturday. I think uh, we were up in Birchwood and didn't watch any of the games, but uh, I just had had it after the, uh, you know, he lost the series to the Cubs and Wrigley. I had said, I think in the podcast last week that, you know, kind of whatever happens happens against the Dodgers at American family field. They ended up splitting that series kind of looking pretty good overall in the series, hanging with the Dodgers granted you're at home, but, um, you know, they hung with them, and it, but I said on the podcast last week that, you know, you pretty much have to start sweeping the Cubs and teams like that that are, you know, 15 games behind you in, in the standings. I mean, you can't be fucking around with them, and they fucked around with them, and I decided to console it. I'm like, that's it, and, you know, there's no more pain. There's no more – it's just over, and – you know, I'll watch. I watched a little bit of the Brewer game on Wednesday night this week, so a little, little earlier start time. I didn't watch really any. You know, I didn't put it on my TV. Let's put it that way. Uh, Monday make, and Tuesday didn't, didn't make the TV, but you do go to bed pretty early. You gotta get up early and everything like that. So yeah, usually, like... usually about a ten o'clock bedtime, um, uh, and that kind of kind of makes it not even worth it to watch the first couple innings, right? Especially when when I already let go of the rope and. I mean, it was just, just time to be done. I also, I mean, if you think they're winning a game in L.A., now they did Monday night, bless their heart. Um, we got a quote-unquote, and I cannot emphasize enough, the quotations, clutch hit from Christian Yelich. Um, I humored you a little bit on that one, but yeah. I, don't, I don't know if up one in the sixth inning is is clutch, but uh, no, it was the ninth yeah. inning. My bad, ninth inning. No, it, but, was the, it, it was the ninth inning. It was the ninth inning. Um, Christian came through with a big knock and it was a big moment and you kind of felt like maybe like, all right, Burns is on the mound. Maybe we can get the Dodgers again. Should just forget how much of a fucking juggernaut that baseball team is. And they yeah. absolutely matched well, on it's, Tuesday. It's Wednesday. not even like, and people talk about their lineup and it's like, if you look at it, I mean, after the top three, it's not necessarily household names, but they're like, they're just fucking good. And like well, they, they, they work, all they work they, the count. And, oh, and like there it they, is. Yeah, they, exactly. They, and against you know a Munson like Adrian Hauser, <laughs> can't help but have a forty pitch inning every every first inning. Uh, I mean, I I, I turned it on I think in the second on Wednesday night and it was like, or maybe the top, bottom of the third or something, and he had seventy three pitches and he just got his first out in the third inning. I'm like, oh my god, dude! Like that's just so typical. Right. Um. And I, and so I, I, also, I I didn't have much context, but I'm sure. No. You know, it, well, I mean, the, the radio broadcast, so I've been having a hell of a time with Bally, which is another story for another time. I finally figured it out. Um, was putting in the wrong password. Classic. So I've been listening to a lot of radio broadcasts, which aren't bad. I actually like it uh, when I'm just do- around doing shit and I'm not near sure. TV. And they were trying to sell the idea that Hauser was getting squeezed, that he had a bad strike zone. Um, and I'm like, ah, maybe. Like some of that, I can I can buy that for a pitch. 
I can't buy that for, you know, not having two strikes on a guy and you give up a two-run double. Like, he had Bellinger at two strikes, and Bellinger has not had a good season. It's not like Bellinger suddenly found himself. He's had a worse year than Yelich. And you have the situation. Oh, Mitch. Mitch. Come on. 17 homers and, like, 60 RBIs. He's batting fucking 206. The guy makes no contact. He's basically going. He's basically. It's up to like 215. He's like a hotter Joey Gallo. That's all he is. Like, I mean, come on. So, anyways, um, the the whole idea there is like he had Bellinger and he all he has to do is strike him out and it's two to one. And then the Brewers are, you know, they're fighting. They put up some runs on Amy last week. And I think the frustrating thing about yesterday, too, was just the, how many times they were striking out against this guy. Like, they made him look like Roger fucking Clements from a swing and miss perspective. And I'm like, that that part kind of drove me crazy. The fact that we've had to use positional players the last two nights drove me nuts. Yes, now Devin Williams is well-rested. Sure, that's all fine and good. But, yeah, it's it's been, it's been a struggle. And I understand people who would want to kind of push their chips in and say, I'm done because look, we have the Badgers starting next week, which we'll preview on next week's show. Um, we, we have the Packers in two weeks. Um, there, there is much reason to just say, this is the last really full weekend without full football. Like yes, week zero is going on, but it, it that to me just wets the beak, right? That's just like, it's a small appetizer for what's coming next week and the year, the weeks after. So I, I totally understand some fans who say would say that, but I just can't do it because I look at it and I'm like, all right, you went seven and nine in your hardest sort of schedule um, of the second half. Your hardest stretch, you went seven and nine. That's not good. That's not bad. As pointed out, the Dodgers have four losses that all of August. The Brewers have given them three of those. So I look at that and I'm like, all right, well, all you got to do now is actually take advantage of your schedule and it's time to go. And I will, I will say it right here. Uh, and what's on this podcast, the Brewers have in the next 13 games, they're playing the Cubs, the Pirates, the Rocky or Dimebacks and the Rockies. Now it is the home Rockies, home Rockies, different, different environment and course. But if the Brewers don't come out of that nine and four, I'm out. All right. That I'll, I said, I'm out. Like, unless it, you know, if they lose something where it's like they got screwed by an ump or something, I, I'll, I'll say it, it would, it would have to take a lot for me to look at an eight and five record during that time and not want to be like, all right, this is just a pretty average baseball team because you, you just need to, you need to start winning these games to your point. And you can set the tone tomorrow. I realize the Cubs are playing a little bit better in the second half. Like, I'll push back on like, they have a bad, bad record. Like they do. You're right. But they're, they've been a 600, 600 ball team in, in the second half of the season. They're 19 and 13 in the second half. Like, I feel like the Cubs are building momentum for next season where if they make a couple acquisitions and they re-sign Wilson Contreras, like I think they could bring the playoff team next year. So I, I'm not necessarily saying like, that's an excuse to lose two out of three of the Cubs. It's not. Absolutely fucking not. But I will say the Cubs have looked better than expected in the last in the last few weeks. So this is the time though. You have to start doing something now against bad teams. And if you don't, I'm gonna have real questions on where is this team's head at? 
did the hater thing just completely fuck it up or was it already fucked from the start? And to my other take this week about Craig Council not being a manager next year, and I know you don't believe me, and I know that I'm on an island here, which is fine, and I'll let you in here in a second. Um, maybe it's just showing through, and the lack of sort of caring from Council is just is just bleeding through to the players. Well, all right. I mean, let's see. I got a couple things here. Um, yeah, I'm sorry. Cubs, I... Cubs, Cubs are a 600 team. You know, the Brewers are a sub 500 team. Right. I don't have it in front of me. They're a sub 500 team since June 1st. I know that right. because, yes. you know, around Memorial Day, they were like 13 or 14 or 16 games above 500, maybe. Right. Um, and that's when they went on their skid. Their, what was it, eight game losing streak. And, you know, they've kind of. No, they've been you know, bad. They they've been bad. Look, so well, they've they, they've so, they, they've had they've had okay stretches, but nothing nothing to really make up for that. And so they're five. It, it's they're, been... they're five hundred. They're five. I'll let you back in, but just so to clean up the stats, they're five hundred in the second half. They have not had a winning month since May. They're twelve and fifteen. Oh, I'm sorry. July was thirteen and eleven, but they're twelve and fifteen, thirteen and eleven. Eight and thirteen, so that that would be thirty three and twenty eight, thirty three and shit, like forty. I mean, yeah, thir- yeah. So seven games under five hundred. Okay, continue. Yeah, I mean that sounds about right. I mean that, right. that's about what I figured. I mean not not a complete dog shit, but definitely not like. And and I kind of don't like those arbitrary. You know, the, like when you kind of look at those numbers to figure narrative. I, I don't like that when people do that with the box and stuff like that. So. Okay. I'm not going to, I'm not really, I mean, you know, your record is what it is. And I guess, yeah, you can, you can make a narrative if you want, but. Um, I'm not, bitch, I'm not making a no, narrative. And, and I'm, I, just, and I'm the one who brought it up. I'm the one who brought it up. So I'm kind of blaming myself. Okay. Right, so I'm the one who brought up there that they're below 500 since, since June 1st, but I guess it is what it is. Um, as far as council not being the manager next year, I mean, I think you're, you have some stuff about his kids and all that that you think that he's, but it's kind of like the kids that are going off to college. Like you kind of missed everything now. So, so why would you, <laughs> he does why, have, a, why would you retire now? He does have a daughter who's a sophomore, I believe at Whitefish Bay. Um, so like yeah. he does have kids, I think still at home, but yeah, I, that's a fair point. You know, you, uh, know, you make, I mean, if he, you make a good point, right? Like, yes, he's a baseball that, lifer. He's a baseball lifer. I mean, he's just, he's going to have, in a, you know, I mean, I just don't see a situation with Mark Adonacio wanting to pull the plug on on Council, oh, and, oh, and, and it would and it would have to be it have to be his own decision, um, right? Oh, hundred percent. I mean, it's obviously infin- infinitely more likely that David Stearns is gone. I mean, yes. in my opinion, I mean, so if you want to go there, I'm I'm definitely with you. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, no, look, it, it, it's it hasn't been great the last in August. I mean, it's been. A little bit of a disappointing month. However, the schedule did get a little tougher. So yeah, they have to they have to take advantage of of September. And I guess that's the only thing. I mean, I'm out, so I can't come back. I can't watch a playoff game now. No, I'm not saying happened. I'm not saying that. <laughs> I mean, we but, you can. It's just it's just one of those things where like I'm never gonna let you and our friend Eric forget that you console that they right. they make a crazy run. And I think that's my well, point. Is like. You just sometimes need to get in. Like, no one thought the Nationals team in 2019 was going to win the World Series. And the Braves had a very talented young roster last year. But I don't think anybody pinned the Braves to be a World Series winner last season. No one was picking that. 
No, they uh, weren't. However, I mean, the Braves had oh, did make some deadline moves oh, to bolster their squad, and, and thank God they did. Well, no, they, they were saved, able to overcome the season. loss of Acuna. Right. Well, they did it because of Acuna. Acuna went down before the deadline. Acuna went down. And I remember it. It was my bachelor was like, party weekend. It was like it was. Yeah, it was right before. Exactly. It was. We were in the backyard, and I was like, "Holy shit!" I you know looked at my phone, and I was like, "Acuna's down," and it looked like an ACL. And sure, shit, it was an ACL. And so it went from there and he, and so, yes, there, the Brewers have had really good Septembers last year was standing because last year they kind of mailed it in and it probably cost them. Honestly, um, it I kind of, kind of was not the September to remember their August was really special last year and that's how they sort of built this lead. But yeah, they, 2019 in September, they were, let's see, pulling it up right now. They were twenty and seven in the month of yeah. September. After well, they had a well, couple years in a row where they were really, really right. good in September, and it became Craig Timber. Because yeah, yeah, look at like look at twenty nineteen as like a proxy, and I'm not saying it's apples to apples, but they were five hundred in June. They were one game under in July. They were one game under in August, and then they go they win, you know, twenty or thirty three games in the month of September. And they get yeah, to and that could that could very easily happen this year as well. I mean, but I I just think that you know if, if things don't turn around in September, I mean they're they're losing the division by double digit games. I mean, yeah, probably. I, I, I mean, don't I don't see the Cardinals. Fin- I mean, they're going to win probably ninety five games. The Brewers are going to win probably eighty five. I don't know so if I I'd mean, go. I don't know if I go that far with the Cardinals just based on the schedule they have in front of them. They got fat on a good schedule. They did what good teams are supposed to do what the Brewers haven't done all year, which what is what makes it more frustrating that the Cardinals gained all these games. Cause this is exactly what the Brewers should have done. Like look at the piss poor baseball teams that they have faced pretty much at the start of, or let's see, let's go even go right at the end of July. They faced Washington, the Cubs, the Yankees, good team, the Yankees, Colorado, the Brewers, decent team, Colorado again, Arizona, five games with the Cubs, which they won three out of two of those. And then they still have Cincinnati, Cubs, and Washington, and Pittsburgh in the next few weeks. Like, it, it, they have Atlanta this weekend, which is difficult, and they won't have Nolan Arenado, who is out on paternity leave. And it, it only gets harder right at the end of the year for them when they go to San Diego, Los Angeles, and then to Milwaukee. But that's when the going gets tough for them. But who knows? By then, to your point, maybe it doesn't matter. Maybe San Diego at that point has completely collapsed. Maybe the Dodgers don't need to be fighting anymore, and they're well ahead of the Mets. But, yeah, it's it's it'll be very interesting to see if the Cardinals are able to sustain this because they need to do it with offense. Their pitching's been great, but I don't look at that pitching staff and think, okay, yeah, that, that is sustainable through uh through the rest of the year because I'll tell you I'm okay with the Dodgers going to the World Series I'm okay with the Mets going to the World Series I cannot fucking do Albert Pujols, Yadier Molina, and Adam Wainwright in the World Series I I might have to go on home bridge like that's a home bridge situation for me yeah I mean luckily the Padres have been just as inconsistent since the trade deadline. You could argue. Um, you could argue the the Padres are more disappointing than the Brewers. I would. I would argue. Well, yeah. I mean, of course. I mean, they have a lot more talent. Um, I mean, up and down the roster. <laughs> I mean, they're pretty loaded. 
and they just haven't been able to put it together really, you know, last year or this year. I mean, they haven't quite like they were last year, but yeah, I mean, fortunately the Brewers are currently a game and a half as we speak um, behind San Diego for the last wild card spot. Um, many would play St. Louis probably in the first right. round or whatever, but um, <laughs> good luck with that. I mean, <laughs> well, it would I be, mean, it would be interesting, but listen um, to, to kind of look at, to kind of do your thing and to beat the Cardinals in St. Louis with those three guys that, that all of a sudden remakes your season that all of a sudden your season is an accomplishment. And I'm going to ask a question and this is throwing gasoline on the fire. I know I am. Would more people be out on the Brewers if Josh Hader was still pitching in the bullpen for the Brewers? Because I think there's two or three wins they don't have. Josh Hader still still on the Brewers roster. Two or three wins they don't have. Yeah, I mean, if if we just assume Hader is the guy he's been in San Diego, unless they were to say, "All right, we're going to go to Devin Williams instead and replace Hader," um, I think there are a couple losses the Brewers have. They had, a, they had a, what they had three extra inning wins in the month of August. Are those happening with the way Josh Hader's been pitching? I don't know. I mean, that's, that's fair. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know. Again, it's, you know, Josh Hader himself probably in a vacuum without the, I mean, doesn't probably doesn't change the outlook of the team, whether he's here or not. I mean, yeah. chances are they're a, they're, they're a DS exit at best. Uh, and that's what I was going to say. I think during one of your, um, you know, your discussions before, I mean, the Hader thing, I think you brought that up. How, like it, it may have, brought down the club and I, I think it did I mean obviously Eric Lauer had those comments the other day um there was some stuff you know right after the trade too with Yelich I think you know where he kind of you know kept it upbeat but at the same time was kind of like you know well it sucks but you know we got to keep going type of thing but he, he acknowledged it and I mean you know it's pretty obvious that and that, even with Hater, there were still stretches of this season where it seemed like the Brewers were just the bad, the body language wasn't, wasn't tremendous. No. I mean, and right. I, I don't know. I mean, I guess, you know, they can say what they want about Hater being gone. I mean, maybe the loss isn't, isn't that big of a deal. I just think this team probably wasn't really going anywhere to begin with. And, and, and then the Hater thing kind of just cemented it for everybody. And, and then the, the way they've kind of played like shit at, at most of the time since the trade has just led to this. And real quick on the Lauer thing, um, you know, I think, I think with Eric, he, I felt like that was like the final fuck you. Like I thought that was like the fine fuck you then, uh, to the Brewers in this, and because he goes out, he he looks great, and I and I taped the podcast early, um, because it was late. I wasn't gonna tape it like a full podcast at twelve thirty at night, um, and. I had said, like, I wondered if, like, the Lauer commentary was just him sort of being like, all right, we're done with this. This is that and buried, but best believe this offseason, you guys got to do some stuff or we're just we're just going to want out. Like, we're just going to want – we're just going to not expect you guys to keep any of us and the vibes are the vibes are going to change here dramatically. But then yeah, they I mean- lose – then they get blown out by by LA. They give up twenty two runs in the next two days. So I don't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I mean, well, again, I mean, that was probably going to happen. 
I mean, it, it was uglier than you'd like to have hoped. I mean, considering how how competitive they were just last week. Right. Um, you know, they they split the series at home. LA's a wagon. I mean, it, it, you know, again, you're at home, but in, in the Dodgers, I mean, that, that Chavez Ravine's an incredibly tough place to play. I think yeah. I said last week that it's like the Oracle of of baseball, where it's just you know every game has like practically a postseason atmosphere. The fans are really they come out, they're loud. Everything that happens is is like they won the World Series, and I mean. It's like watching a, a Warriors game where every time Steph Curry makes a three, it's like they, they the fucking roof comes off the place. It's just, uh, it's just nuts. It's, it's a very good point. So the Brewers will have just face Justin Steele tomorrow uh, against Freddie Peralta. Yeah, Steele, Steele's been awesome um, for the yeah. last 30 days. He's has a sub one ERA, uh, five, five outings for him. Uh, only and he's allowed- a lefty. Only around two runs in 26 innings. Uh, yes, you're right. He is a lefty. And that doesn't get any better because they get another lefty in Drew Smiley on uh, on Saturday. And Smiley also has been pitching pretty well. Um, he's 2-2, two and two, the two five seven in his last 30, 30 games. So that's yeah. pretty solid. Um, and Woodruff on mound for that. And then Eric Lauer and Adrian Sampson um, for the Sunday Matt May. So you hope with the two lefties, maybe get the one tonight. Uh, and then, then tomorrow, um, who knows? Um, if you could just get one or two against the lefties and then win that Sunday game, I'd be fine with that. Um, would I love a sweep? Yes. Uh, do I realize this team struggles against lefties? Absolutely. I'm also in the building tonight, so I would appreciate another Brewers victory. I think my, my season record right now is two and two. So I would, I'd like to get, get myself above 500 there. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. It's obviously, I mean, kind of a kind of a make or break series. I mean, if you, I mean, they all are. I mean, they're all they're all huge games. Uh, as as my good friend Tim Allen would say, you know, tonight's the biggest game of the year. I mean, it's it's just, it, it, you know, you're at that point. And again, you know, I'm sounding like I'm like I'm still in, but you know, <laughs> no, for, the, for the sake of the podcast, I mean, I'm just trying to. No, no, and I will watch, and I will watch. I will, I will still watch. But uh, yeah, I mean, you have a also have, because I'm a loser and I have nothing else to do, and I, I like sports too much. You but. have a you have a six game stretch with the Cubs and Pirates, and that didn't yeah. go well the last time you did it in early July. But you could make amends by winning five of the next six and getting a little hot before you head out to the mountains. So we'll see what happens. As well, mentioned, it, real quick, ahead. real quick though, I I was thinking too about. You were talking about some of Craig's decision makings and stuff like that, and I was just thinking that, um, I mean, he doesn't have a, he's missing a couple guys in the pen now. Yeah. And I mean, Trevor got what has has the Rona or something, and or did, and you know, fucking Jason Alexander is out there last night, and yeah, that's awesome. I mean, it's granted, you know, Hauser went two and a third or something, and um, you know, he was kind of had to bring out the the shitheads, yeah. but um. <laughs> Whatever happened to Omar Narvaez, by the way? Omar, he just gone. Omar is still, uh, Omar is still there. Um, and I think Karen, well, he played the first two, he played the first, uh, two games of the, of the series and then didn't play oh. it last night. So you missed him on okay. Monday and Tuesday. Um, so yes, we'll see what happens. Um, it'll be interesting. As mentioned, I'll be there. Um, 
on Friday, on tonight. So if you're there, give me a shout. Kevin DeKegg on Twitter, Kevin DeKegg Sports on Instagram. But maybe you won't be there because the Brewers' attendance is not where it's been in the past. Uh, the Brewers are 14th right now in attendance. J.R. Radcliffe of the Journal Sentinel wrote a long piece, interviewed Rick Schlesinger about it. And Schlesinger basically blamed group sales. He said, well, you know, if we had group sales like they were pre-pandemic, we would be we'd be right where we're supposed to be. And while that's all fine and good for Rick, and I, I that's admirable spin from uh, the Brewers mouthpiece, it's not good enough. Because here's the thing: it's not it's a pre it's a post pandemic world. You have to fucking adjust. You have to factor that in. You have to understand that hey, maybe our group sales aren't going to be like 2019. People aren't just ready and willing to come back. People, Some people are still wearing masks indoors. Some people do not feel comfortable and safe around others. And that goes for corporate leaders and things like that. So for Rick Schlesinger to say that, Mitch, I was, I, I, I wouldn't say I was appalled, but I was just like, do you really think we're that stupid? Um, and maybe he does. I mean, so to still be blaming the pandemic is interesting. I mean, Oh, so you're saying, yeah, you know, totally. I mean, well, I mean, we don't want to go down the path, but our government just used it as a national emergency um, a few years later. But here nor there. Um, go ahead. Continue. Um, I, I mean, it's, it's, it's going to be the, the blame for everything, probably for a long, long time. Yeah. So I, I guess I shouldn't be too surprised, but maybe it's the fact that you're not nearly as fucking good as you were in 2018, 2019. Right. I mean, a little bit of a different team. You know, is there anything to get excited about? I mean, if you push anywhere near the form of seasons and, you know, being that kind of MVP chase, you know, pennant race vibe, I mean, different story. I mean, the Dodgers series last, last week was a little disappointing. Um, and of attendance but again yeah it's the middle it's the middle of the week it's the middle of the week and it's it's like one of those things where i think if that's a weekend series i think you're getting you're getting a lot more people there um, just naturally um and you're getting la fans who are coming up from chicago to probably watch their team there were a good amount of dodger fans when i went on wednesday night was it yeah so i was there wednesday and there were a decent amount of Dodger fans there, but I think you'd get more. Um, and but I like you're right. There isn't anything exciting about this Brewers team, and the Brewers need to pump this team full of energy, and they need to sell it better. They need to just they can't rely on just Christian Yelich, and they can't think of Yelich as the face of the franchise anymore. I had a podcast, I don't know, a couple months ago where I talk about how Corbin Burns is the face of the franchise. I really believe that. I think, I hope the Brewers will make a significant contract offer to Corbin and it will, it will sort of establish him in that realm, but he deserves that. And we'll see if it happens. It might, it might not. We'll also see if the Brewers make a trade this offseason. Now, obviously if Stearns isn't there, I think that will be, there will be a lot hinging on that, right? You know, will, you know, the next person be a mouthpiece for Ananasio because you know that is going to happen. You know that's what people will say 
if Stearns leaves and it's Matt Arnold taking over for Stearns, um, everybody's going to call Matt Arnold like Ananasio's mouthpiece, just like they did with John Horse when he took over for Lazary or when he took over for uh, – was it John Hamm they took over for? Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. And everyone's like, oh, he's just going to be the puppet for Lazary and Edens. And he wasn't. And he's been great. And I think the John yeah, Horse experience has been excellent, right? He wants a championship. Kind of. Oh yeah, totally. And I mean, it's you're right. There was some. I mean, that they that whole process was wild. Uh, oh yeah. GM, but, but I mean, I think you're right. If if Stearns does take off, um, and they just promote Matt Arnold, I think the the preliminary reaction would be well, it's going to be same old, same old. I mean. You know, it's it's somebody who's been probably with David Stearns for a while, and I don't know, but it, it is possible. Maybe I have learned from from John, Hall. just because a guy worked with a guy, and, and even look at Brian Gutekunst. I mean, totally, he was 100%. a he's a Ted Thompson guy, but he's quite a bit more aggressive than Ted was. I mean, yeah, and and I think that's what that's what fans like for sure. Um, Jordan loved to throw a pick at the end of the half, uh, but. It doesn't matter. He's just gone deep, but yeah. So I mean, it, it's possible that um, somebody like Matt. I mean, we're we're getting ahead of ourselves a little bit. Oh, here, but totally. I mean, it, it's possible that it's possible that he could he could be do things a little differently. But again, I, I mean, how many people believe that that Stearns is really a hundred percent behind these moves? I don't know. And you know, it's that's I mean that's the question, right? Uh, is Stearns being held hostage to make these moves, or is Stearns is Stern does Stearns really believe that? They saw the diminishing return in Josh Hader and they got out. Um, yeah. That's that's the question. And if Stearns looks at it and says, well, attendance is down. We are we need a spark to our ball team. We go out and get somebody. Um, and whether that's in free agency, whether that's in, uh, you know, a trade, probably more likely the latter. I don't think Trey Turner or Nolan Arenado is going to be available to us. Um, both have player options. Both can opt out of their deals, which I would expect them to. Um, but yeah. at the same time, I don't expect either of them to be a yeah. member that's, of. That's a zero. Of, that's a zero percent chance. That's a I know. I, I, chance. I right. I I know exactly. So that's why I'm saying like. I think I think the most the, the most realistic would be yes a trade, but if not that, just like maybe an injection of like a couple minor leaguers, you know, like a Sal Fralick or a Garrett Mitchell or Joey Weimer or somebody, or a couple of those guys. I forgot, just, for, forgot my guy, Asturi Ruiz. Well, okay, sure. I mean, that's, no. he's probably the most major league ready. And, you know. and he's fast as fuck, and he's just he's just exciting. Right. Like, he can add excitement. Well, so is Jonathan Davis, but he fucking sucks. Well, yeah, that's the problem. That's, <laughs> that's the challenge there. But, yes, I agree. And also, like, Go back to like your marketing of 2007, right? Look at what how you promoted Prince Fielder and Corey Hart, and Ricky Weeks, JJ Hardy. Like, look at that and say, all right, how can we replicate this for our next generation of Brewers? You could throw Aaron Ashby into that mix. You could, I don't think Freddie Peralta you could put in there, but maybe I don't know. Devin Williams, like, talk about this young Brewers team that's sort of ready to be the next generation of Brewers. Like, I think they just have a marketing problem. I think the Brewers have just done the same fucking thing over and over again. And it's just like, play the hits. 
And it's like, you need to shake something up. So whether that's a trade or that's promoting the young talent, whether that's getting in front of more fans in different ways, you know, whether it's like, all right, Christian Yelich is going to have, a may not Yelich, Yelich bad example because Yelich is everywhere. Um, trying to think. Robbie Telez is going to do a podcast with somebody, you know, and and with one, someone from Brewers Marketing or him and Adam McAlvey every week. I know Mel Calvey has his own podcast with Dillard, but you get my point, like doing different shit to sort of ingratiate yourself with the fan base can sort of inject sort of that new life that you need. Oh, and I think that Brewers Unfiltered podcast is basically the team sanctioned podcast. So I it mean, is, yes, that would be the spot to, to do it. You're right. And, and I think they do an okay job of having, you know, I think Matt Arnold was on there a little while ago. Um, they had their scouting director on, I think, last week. Um, so it's like they have dudes, but it's like you want to hear from the players. Like you want to get sound bites yeah. and like use those sound bites and and like yeah, it's cool that they you know bought beers for people on a Friday night. But you know what's kind of fucking cooler? Having those guys hang out at said bar on an off night. You know, do they want to do that? Probably not. But or over the winter. Like, hey, we're going to do Brewers watch parties for every Packer game. And for this Packer game, you know, Freddie Peralta, Brandon Woodruff, uh, Christian Ellis is gonna be, are going to be there. It's a pretty big heavy hitter list. But you get my point. Like, they have to, they have to do stuff because they're losing fans rapidly. And it's not just the hater trade. It's, I just think their Q score, um, and for those who are not familiar, like, Q score is, like, how people perceive you. Um, for example, like live golf, guys who play in live golf, their Q scores are all time lows. Um, so like the Brewers Q score is low. It's probably the lowest it's been since like the Ken Maka day or not Ken Maka. Uh, Ron, uh, Ron Renneke, like late, late stage Ron Renneke because of a variety of things. All the stuff we just mentioned. The Milwaukee Bucks are as high of a Q score as they've maybe ever been. I don't think people are going to sag off the Bucks just because they lost the Celtics. I think people are actually going to be maybe even more excited next year. Um, and then on top of that, everything's more expensive because of inflation. You have to choose. And so when you have to choose, you're going to go to the championship teams like the Bucks and the Packers. And I wouldn't say to put the Badgers in that same conversation, but some people prefer college sports over pros and would rather watch the Badgers and the Brewers when it comes to pain and being inside the stadium. And so the Brewers are at a massive disadvantage and they have to get creative. Well, the other thing too is concessions. I was thinking about that. And I oh, yeah. see in the article here, he touches on that because, you know, having gone to Fenway park recently, um, I can tell you that concessions were actually probably more affordable at Fenway park. I mean, the fucking, Mecca of baseball, practically. Uh, they were more affordable, I thought, than American Family Field. Like, a dog was $6. I think, like, a tall boy of Miller Lite was, like, 10 Yeah. Which I think I think at, at American Family Field, they're, like, 11 or 12 Yeah. For a domestic, um, for a domestic like tall boy. And, I mean, a hot dog, you're probably talking at least eight. Yeah. And, so, they're, not, and, they're, mean, not, and they're not good hot dogs, either. Like, they're not, like, plump like have a little snap to them they're they're just you know regular grease missiles you know they're nothing special yeah yeah right exactly and that's what it was at Fenway too but 
you know, the, the point is, I mean, yeah, six dollars um, for a grease missile versus a nine eight for a grease missile. Yeah, that's 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 a difference right there. And you get a, I got a thing of nachos there at the game I went to, and it was like, uh, like the eight dollar, not like the cheap nachos, you know, like the regular nachos. Yeah. And it, it's like the dude, you know, fills up like one cup of hot cheese and then grabs like one handful of like shitty nachos out of the out of the bag, and like there you go, you know, it was like. Huh. Should have just ponied up the extra four or five bucks for the nachos grande or whatever. Right. Actually, get had, big, actually had a good time. Get the big helmet. And we someone in our group got that. And it was, I mean, it could feed I, I said it could feed one and a half people. Like it couldn't feed it could you like if you ate it by yourself, you feel a little full, but it could definitely fit one and a half people. So um it uh yeah, I, I think that. Yeah, they have a long way to go. And yeah, figuring out do they need a new vendor? Do they need to break away from Delaware North? Can someone get them, you know, better food options, right? Like I think after the Bud Light stuff with Miller Park, which or I'm sorry, with Fen- oh, with God. uh Pfizer, Pfizer, you know, and all of that, like it should be no holds bars. I'm if not that, saying that happened at, if that happened at the Brewers games, I mean that would be Oh, there I don't go. think I don't think American Family Shield would be standing. No, um, it would kind of be like those climate change protesters where they cement their feet in the ground. Like that's what I think would happen. Like I think yeah. you'd have Ricky from Cudahy c- cementing his feet in in like third base line. He'd be like, I'd no, be, I'd be, no, I'd be trying to, I'd be it. trying to, I'd be trying to tape myself to the left field foul pole <laughs> during a game. I'd be climbing it, climbing it like, uh, <laughs> like. Uh, What's his name from Rage Against the Machine at the uh, VMAs uh, Zach, in like yeah, 2000? Zach, uh, Zach De La Rocha. No, no, it was it was the bass player Tim Tim Comerford is the bass player who did it. Climb the fucking like oh, yeah. scaffolding. Oh yeah, I know exactly the moment you're talking about. I didn't know I didn't know the guy. I thought it was De La Rocha, but no. uh, but no, seriously, they won't they won't do that. But I, what I'm saying is like they don't need to be nice to Delaware North. Like go field offers. Like go mm. ask people. You know, I mean that's a huge company. That I, I think, ironically, don't the people who own the Red Stock and stuff isn't that their company? It might be. I don't know. I'd have to look that up. But yeah, I mean, yeah. or just figure out like, hey, like we're not going to use Clement sausages to produce our hot dogs, and like that is a major deal. That would be a major thing. But if you could produce them cheaper, I think people would rather have cheaper hot dogs than have fucking Clements. And if that means that. You have to have nondescript racing sausages that don't. I think it's Johnsonville, actually. Yeah, that was a big deal. I remember that. But it's like you have to go away from using like a Wisconsin sausage distributor, then fucking do it. You know, just you got to start looking at it a little bit differently and find different ways to elevate that fan experience. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah, I don't we'll know. see. It's I a fast. It's think- a. That's a fact. At the end of the day, it's it's about the product on the field too. Oh yeah, no, one hundred percent, right? Like no one cares they're paying nine dollars or ten dollars for a beer, uh, when the Brewers are you know thirty games over five hundred. No one's batting eyelash. Everyone's paying it. I will also Delaware North. Delaware North owns uh, TD Garden. Oh okay, okay, all right, interesting. So like Wick Grosbeck, um, that's that's his company, huh? Uh, Jeremy Jacobs. Oh yeah, yeah. The guy who owns uh, the guy who owns the, the Bruins. Bruins. People don't like him. Um, but but who? But again, as you pointed out a few weeks ago, who likes owners? Is there any owner that we actually like? 
Um, there's only a few. Moving on to a guy who owns the Chicago Bears, like that transition, Mitch, uh, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers did not pre- play in the preseason game against Kansas City Chiefs, which is ongoing. Um, as you might have heard Mitch's play-by-play of Jordan Love throwing another interception. Um, Colin Coward's ready to call him a bust yet again um, tomorrow. And the Aaron Rodgers has gotten just a ton of love heading into this season. Two-time MVP, and it's been kind of fascinating. And I, I thought about this as, like, this guy is getting just so much more respect around the league than he did a few years ago. Like, a few years ago, pre-Matt LeFleur, like, we, I think we had, like, a legit first segment about how, like, Rodgers was not a top-ten quarterback, according to, like, someone on CBS Sports. He had Rodgers outside the top ten. That's where we were four years ago, and now we have guys praising Rodgers as the best player in football. It's just kind of wild to me. And Devontae Adams' comments about, you know, he has the Jordan effect and everything like that, and he's the best player I've ever played with or best player, you know, ever. Like, it's kind of wild to me that we have reached this sort of apex with Rodgers. And really it's because of Matt LaFleur and just sort of the – the rebirth of of a great quarterback. Yeah, I'm just trying to go back, I guess, to where the rock bottom might have been for this. I guess it would have been like the end of the McCarthy era. Yeah, 2018. Where, but, you know, because that was a bad season. You know, people were wondering, you know, the body language had gotten so bad. Oh. And people, people were wondering if Rodgers was, like, intentionally throwing games to get McCarthy fired, which is – always a, a slippery slope um it's, it's fun to think about but I, I don't think that's ever the case um and then in the first year of Lafleur, the offense was was pretty i don't know milk toast and maybe inconsistent and just kind of underwhelming overall especially with the personnel um but that was probably like what aaron jones like second year i mean aj Dillon wasn't really there yet um and you know there was some other stuff going on there. And I think people were wondering if, if, yeah, if, if Rogers was, was kind of done, um, was on the decline, which is what led to, you know, probably drafting Jordan Love. Um, and he since bounced back. And, and I do think, I guess the bounce back, I think a lot of it is because you hear so much from Devonte Adams. I feel like God, every other day there is somebody sticks a mic in Devonte's face and asks him about Aaron Rodgers and Devonte. <laughs> I mean, at some point, Devontae's going to be like, I'm done talking about him. I mean, probably when the season starts, I'm well, assuming. Well, I asked the question on yesterday's podcast, not to trip over it. You guys should go listen to it um, on your Apple or Spotify. But, like, Devontae Adams made all these comments about Aaron Rodgers. Why the fuck did you leave, dude? Like, if this is how you felt, like, why did, yeah. did you do you just have to blaze your own path to, like, prove it to yourself? Well, I, I mean, I don't know. Like, that's. We've talked about it several times. I mean, oh, that's I, just, I just yeah. think I just think he was he was it ran his course in Green Bay. I mean, it's the best way I can put it for him. I just think that he he wanted to go play for the Raiders. You know, admittedly, I haven't followed from their side the Devontae Adams story as much as I probably should. You know, or like in terms of their local media or whatever, however their fans perceive it. Um, them getting Devontae, you know, I'm sure it's just like, wow, why would you want to live in Green Bay? 
which wow. I, believe me, I, I I subscribe to that theory as well. I mean, there have been Every rumors. Week, there but... have been rumors that his wife kind of might have pushed pushed a little bit for oh, it as well. Oh, no, no, no question. I, I wouldn't doubt that at all. I mean, why do you think people get so upset with players' wives and girlfriends when they have a fucking sappy social media post when when a guy leaves or whatever? Like, just shut your fucking mouth. Like, you know, you're not you're not helping anybody with that. Like when Gordon Hayward left uh, left Utah to go to Boston, you know, like his wife put this social media post up about we love Utah and yeah, and it's like, well, then why did you leave? You know, like I mean, why do you do that stuff? And you know, I, I so I, I don't doubt that at all. And again, again, I mean, it's Las Vegas, the Raiders. I mean, the Raiders, as long as they're west of the Mississippi River, I mean, they're gonna they're a West Coast brand. It doesn't really matter. They've moved before, so just because they're not in Oakland anymore or in the Bay Area, technically. I mean, they're basically right up the road. And, you know, I'm, I, I just think that I wanted to go play with his buddy. And, but, you know, that's a fair question from you. I mean, that's why I laughed. Like, you know, he just constantly glows about him. And, and it's just, you know, he's not going to say anything bad about him. I mean, Rogers basically got Devontae to where he is through hard work. And that's what Devontae said, I think, most recently is, you know, you're playing on the field with Rogers. It's not even, it's, Rogers is going to get the best out of you. And it's not, not necessarily like, him being a hard ass it's just you you know you want to play your best when when you're on the field with a guy who's so great and I don't know I mean the fact that he's won back-to-back MVPs now is like um you know putting him more in rarefied area we just got to get him another Super Bowl and then I think it's you know he climbs up the, the rankings of all-time quarterbacks I don't you know I would say Tom Brady's number one for the GOAT uh Devante and I think Tyron Matthew called him the GOAT recently right. Right, um, that's it. It's that's, like it's that's just pretty. That's pretty spicy. Yeah, um, it's. Uh, I think there is some people who discredit some of the Brady stuff because of Belichick, right? And you're like, well, he played for the best coach, and if he doesn't have the best coach, okay. does Tom Brady have all his rings? And it's the chicken or the egg, and you'll never, we'll never know. We will never ever know well, that question. And I think, I think no matter what Brady does at this point, he's 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 the best of all time. Um, now this year you might he might have a Peyton Manning year. This I, year I think yeah, so. yeah. I'm I'm hammering the Buccaneers under this year, Mitch. I do not see it. Like this whole like taking a leave of absence was weird. Yeah. Uh, Julian Edelman was on Ryan Russell's podcast yesterday. Said like, yeah, Brady's not answering my texts. Like, kind of weird, right? Like, Julian Edelman's your dude, and like I get it. Brady gets a hundred texts a day, but I feel like if Jules reaches out like aren't you texting that guy back like there are certain guys that will text me and i might not text them right away and but if it's like my guys like i'm texting my guys right away and so that you're not leaving them on red for a couple days but um i don't know yeah. it's just well, and, about- and, and just like i get bruce arians isn't the greatest coach in the world but do we really think that todd bowles is like any better <laughs> exactly <laughs> like i i just think like it's weird but both Brady and Belichick look kind of like unhindered old guys. Like Belichick saying, oh, I'm going to help run the offense. Like, really? Like you, a defensive mastermind, you're going to you're gonna be – you're not going to have coordinators. You're just going to go fucking all balls, you well, know? Like, and Belichick, Belichick's so far down the river, like with his fucking oh, yeah. reception and stuff, that he had Matt Patricia calling plays, didn't he, in a preseason game? Yeah, he's, Matt Patricia and Joe Judge are his fucking offensive coordinators technically. But yeah, Belichick like, says, I'm going to be involved. Like, I'm just saying, like, you look at, like, what Rodgers has, and, like, the McCarthy stuff is weird. 
all the all the stuff going forward, I think Rogers, to his credit, did a really good job getting out of the whole COVID trap in the at the end of last season. Like I think yeah. he did a really good job this offseason doing a bunch of podcasts. This is something remember you and I, I think we had a what, podcast topic about why everyone hates Aaron Rodgers. I think that was the topic we had. And I and I said, you know, he needs to start doing more podcasts. He needs to start like getting out there more often and just showing himself as a nice guy. And now, you know, yeah. he did part of my take. He's he's gonna be doing I think they taped the Bustin' with the boys with him, which is another very popular NFL podcast. Does the McAfee thing every week. Um, you know, it's like he's now well, out in the open. And I think that's really helping that drive that sort of respect because people are hearing from him every, every week, basically. Yeah. And and he, not only that, but like, he's kind of gone all in on the, like, this is how I am. Like, if you don't like it kind of, you know, get fucked type type right. of thing. I mean, he's just kind of, he's kind of, you know, finally, I guess sort of, you know, sh- kind of shaking off any type of, um, you know, player speak or coach speak, and he, and he you know, he's he's kind of earned the ability to say what he wants. I mean, you had like last week when he when he's talking about, I think it was early last week. You know, he did a little media scrum and talked about like the young receivers, you know, not being, not being where they need to be yet. And I think that some people took it away that you know he's kind of being an asshole, and then other people were like, well, he's he's just you know trying to to lead through the media um which kind of sucks and, and who knows we're, we're not at the practice and all that but um you know then again he also didn't show up for uh you know, otas or anything like that so i mean kermit the frog gift right there but <laughs> right. right and and like he's getting like now i saw florio that little little fucking midget i'd love to just throw florio across the river um <laughs> <laughs> like he goes, he's like, well, if Aaron Rodgers had that Jordan effect, why didn't he show up to OTAs? And it's like always an angle, Mike. Vikings mm-hmm. fan Mike will never find. Well, uh, never it's kind of true, though. I mean, it's it's like if you're gonna come at the the rookies and the young guys, I mean, but they're not where you need to be. Then I mean, maybe show up for one OTA, you know? Yeah, I would have again. I would have. I I said it all summer. I would have liked play the, a preseason game. I would have liked the Rob Domofsky story. Well, we talked about preseason last week. Like we talked about it being a damned if you do, damned if you don't sort of thing. Yeah. And that it's, I, I understand the the Packers are asking for trouble in a sense because if they don't show up against Minnesota, it's going to be Hellfire and Brimstone, just like it was last year. Now Mercedes yeah. Lewis called it a preseason game and said we really didn't have it together. And I think that was in line with like Rogers wasn't entirely all there. He was just sort of getting back comfortable with the team. He was so disconnected this year. I think it's a little different. Like Lazard and him have hung out. He's been working out with Bakhtiari. I feel like it's a little bit different than it was last year. And that full, and also that whole defense is back. All you did was add Quay Walker and Devontae, Devontae Wyatt. Like, you know, it's so it's like, you should be ready to go defensively, even if you're not fully there offensively. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely tons of continuity. And I, I will give you that. I mean, that's a good point that, that Rodgers has been more, a little bit more connected to the team. And it, it's not such a shit show right. um, with the media and stuff. 
you know, everybody's kind of, kind of moved past all that. You know, Rogers got an extreme payday and, you know, seems to be happy, I guess, with the way things are. And, you know, we're kind of, we're kind of going forward. And I mean, it's just, it's like I said, it's just time to get, get Rogers at least to another Super Bowl, and, and maybe win one. Yeah. I don't know. If the Packers lose the Super Bowl, I don't know how I could. I don't know if I will can can function for that. Like, I mean, '97 was rough enough, and I was barely knew football. I cried. Um, I don't know what I would do um, at age 34 if, like, we're on the precipice again and we we don't get there. And if we actually go to Glendale, like it's been discussed, if I end up there, like, and they lose, I I don't know. I <laughs> oh, have yeah. to. I have to. I might have to just go to Yuma. And just live well, there. For, live there. It could for the be rest of my life. It could be a rough couple months with the Cardinals winning the World Series and the Packers losing the Super Bowl. Mitch, Mitch, but then I don't need then this. The Bucks, but then the Bucks will save us, as <laughs> usual. Giannis comes in like fucking Superman, takes care of it, gets us done. Uh, exactly. Quickly, because bets uh, are due. Uh, I think uh, before the game start on on Saturday, over under eight and a half wins for the Badgers. Do you like it or do you not? Eight and a half. That's a really good number. I'll say that. It's perfect. Uh, it's a per. It's a perfect number. It's not. It, so like, the case against it is, and I'll so I'll build the case against it. They have some really tough road games. They have Ohio State. Yeah. They have Iowa. They have Michigan State, and Nebraska all on the road. You can be like Charlie, Nebraska, not like hard, but it's like you go Iowa, Nebraska back to back in the end of the season. That's not easy. That's not easy. Um, you also go to Northwestern where you can't fucking win, uh, even though they're yeah. going to be awful this, this year. Um, that's, you know, those are, those are all concerning things where it could. I'd, it, it I guess I'd, I'd take the over, but like, yeah. obviously barely. I mean, nine, and, nine, yes. not unrealistic. No, no, no. It's, I think the only two games that look like quote unquote scheduled losses are Ohio State and maybe Michigan State, but I don't even know what Michigan State will look like. Like they did a lot of work in the transfer portal. Their offense is going to be good, but defensively it might be a little shaky, right? And so is how's that gonna look? Yeah, I mean uh, I think I think if you if you pencil in those two just for fun. And then yeah. there's always a wild card loss. Right. Um you know one of one of these Illinois or Brett Bielma gets or... his revenge in Camp Randall. Um Bielma gets uh We'll chair it off the field. Like, I don't think they could carry Brett Bielema off the field. He is fat. Like, holy shit. Have you seen Brett Bielema? Uh, I mean, not since, like, last football season. Probably. Oh, but he, but he looks like he got fatter. He's a house. Oh, probably. He, he, he was he was, a, he was a big old brisket last year. I know that. I mean, well, you're right. I mean, he just he ate his way through Arkansas, and he never really stopped. Yeah. Yeah, he's probably put on. 120 pounds since he was the Badgers coach. Guys, blood type is probably Jardinera. Like, um... (laughs) Ragu. Yes. Uh, But, yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, there are always those dumb losses. Uh, You get Minnesota at home, which is nice. Um, And that's kind of a revenge spot now since Wisconsin lost them. And I... Now, if you you fuck up that Washington State game or something, that... Oh, man. Then, like, like, everything changes. But... Washington State, per my sources, um, aka my uh, wife's friend's bro- uh, boyfriend, 
who went there was like, yeah, it's a rebuilding year. Like we had a lot of people leave the transfer portal because they got rid of their yeah. coach because he wouldn't get vaccinated. So well, um, if, if you lose if you lose one of those early non conference games, then you have to beat Ohio State. And I don't think yeah. you want I don't think you want that. No. I don't think you want that pressure. No, I I, I honestly think Ohio State's gonna win the national championship. So I'm kinda on that Ooh. hill. I always have I, I can't ever really pick Alabama. I just can't. Like I, I don't yeah, know. It's too easy. It's just too easy, you know. It's too easy. It's, I mean, I'll it, say that uh, if if Ohio State gets there to the to the playoff, which they they should, they don't make any noise. I mean, I don't know. I'm not saying Ryan Day is on the hot seat, but good lord. But if you're I mean, Ryan, I, but 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 to that point, if you're Ryan Day, why don't you just go coach the NFL then? Like if I'm Ryan well, Day, I just say fuck it. I just say, all right, what jobs available? Oh, the uh, the Bears is available. The Bears won't be available because they uh, they just hired Uberflus. Uh Falcons are available. They fire Arthur Smith for some reason after two years. Go go, just coach Falcons. Go down to Atlanta. All right, suddenly and then, that's my and team. then and then Urban Meyer goes back to Ohio State. Oh my God! Could you imagine Urban Meyer back to Ohio State? We gotta take two steps forward. Take to take one ahead. Urban Meyer back on the Fox broadcast. Like, when oh, do yeah. you think? When do you think the over under of Urban Meyer talking about his transgressions that let him out in Jacksonville? When do you? Uh-huh. When do you think it is? Do you think it's week two, week three? Yeah, not even. Is Matt Lyons? Yeah, I mean, do you think Matt Lyons? Like, hey, maybe don't figure a girl's butthole and get get a picture. Well, I was gonna, I was gonna say, like, who's 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 your money on? The guy to make a joke about that. I would say Reggie Bush. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say, Reg- with it. I'd say Reggie Bush for sure. Reggie Bush. Bra- I can see Brady Quinn. You know, Brady Quinn has has some ability there. But, yeah. I, well, I Yeah, I mean, Reggie Bush, the absolutely fucking drop-dead sexy black man. I mean, yeah. he can say whatever he wants. Weird thing about Nobody Reggie. The, the weird thing about Reggie Bush is that he has, a, I think, a wife now who looks exactly like Kim Kardashian. Like used to date Kim Kardashian, has one that has one now that looks exactly like. Kind of weird, right? Like if you're her, like you know, he might be thinking about Kim K in the bedroom. Yeah, I mean, probably. Yeah. That's that's it, like. Have you ever heard the theory that people date people that look like them? Oh yeah, like, I mean, like, they, like they look like they look like each other. I've like, seen I've I, seen that. I've seen that. Well, I would like, say like little color. I would say that like Giannis and Mariah look look like each other. It's kind of weird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh I think it's yeah, they're a little close there. Um but it's probably a good time for us to just, you know, log off the podcast before I mean they're both the... they're both they're both wonderful people. I mean no, I love no, them both. No, no. I don't no, I don't right. really know them, but I feel like no, I no, do, no. So. they no, I agree. I think they look they look like there's some others. I can't they, I I don't have a good example, but like I know, like when people where I'm like, oh, they kind of look like brother and sister. Again, it's gross. Yeah. It's like, yeah, like, you sure, like that's what that's what you want to fuck. Like, man, well, that's... have you? Do you follow the siblings or dating thing on Instagram? No, but I'm gonna take a look right now that you said this. I mean, they don't post a ton, like not lately, not that I've seen, but it's pretty funny. I mean, it just they make you guess, and then like they do like IG stories, I think with um. And they leave like a poll up for like twenty four hours or whatever, and then they, then they tell you what what it is if their siblings are dating, oh, and they're right. they're all really close. Oh, I did I did not I do not know this account. Um, I couldn't find it. So, so that 
that is uh, that's not available for me. I'm gonna we'll have to look for that later. Uh, so we'll check I that out. Maybe maybe it got deleted or something. I don't know. But... Instagram just took it down. Big that you know Mark Zuckerberg is like, yeah, we got that has to go. So, uh, but we'll see. We gotta go. Um, hopefully everybody has a good weekend. Um, enjoy it. Um, happy anniversary to my wife. Shout out. Um, one year right. we yeah. did it. Sunday, lock it in. Um, but yeah, so it should be uh, should be good for everybody, and uh, hopefully, you guys are soaking up a few final weeks of summer, and uh, getting ready for football. We'll talk uh, talk Badgers next week. We did a little here, but we'll get a little more in depth next week. Uh, we'll see if the Brewers still have a pulse, and uh, anything else. Get ready, maybe a Euro basketball preview as well, um, as the Euros start next week. Sir. All right. Take care, everybody. Have a good one. Have a good weekend. See you Monday. Peace. Peace.